Welcome to another episode of The Deep Dive, where we take a deeper look at the weekend's passage or topic of focus, uh, ask questions, uh, talk about things that just there weren't time to talk about or go into uh, in the sermon. Uh, my name is Brad, and I'm joined this week uh, by Dan Borth. How you doing, Dan? Yo. Doing good. It's been a minute. Yeah, I, w- I got to... Uh Got to, uh, you know, let, let some other people take a turn in the deep dive, and it's good to be back. Thanks for, uh, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, so we've been in a format where we've been using just two people, mm-hmm. which has been uh, really helpful for me as I, you know, just different added responsibilities and editing even when there's three voices takes like four times as long as editing when there's only two voices. So yeah. it's just kind of a weird exponential thing that it does there. Um, but it's also been... You know, even as for the listener, you probably hear this when there's a conversation happening between three people. Often, what ends up happening is it's it's almost like me interviewing two different people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then when there's two people, it's a better conversation. Just kind of rolls. Yeah. Right. And so I think there's a, a place for both, um, depending on the topic or depending on the week moving forward. Uh, we'll probably play with different. Um, you know, different arrangements, but at least over the next few weeks as we're in a new series on the New Testament letter of Jude, yeah. um, it'll probably be the two of us uh, doing these conversations because, right Dan, on. you wrote the series. Yeah, um, that's actually been a really uh, big highlight of this uh, early spring. Um, I This would be the first sermon series I've written for Calvary. Um, <clears throat> and this came out of a uh, actually a paper I wrote in seminary, which sounds... Um, more nerdy than it needs to. I, I got to study the last, uh, it was like verses 17 through 23, um, studied the original uh, Greek and some of the interesting things there. Um, so I, I just kind of fell in love with this letter and told myself the next chance I, I got to like help others know what's here, um, that I'd take it. So here we are. Cool. Yeah, it's funny how those different projects in seminary and in Bible college end up coming back to play. Um, I'm teaching a class. This is it's not a plug because the class is already going. Although if you do want to join it, um, we will always say yes um, on apologetics and looking specifically yep. at Genesis chapters one through four. And one of the resources I'm using is a commentary written by one of our Old Testament professors from Covenant. And so that kind of oh, got nice. my my wheels turning. I'm also in a different class with him, him right now. And even the 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 classes on apologetics and so the approach that we take is is one that I'm familiar with mainly because of my time at Covenant. And so it, yeah, those yep. those do I mean those moments they they are shaping and they um it, it's often a you know when you're in your classes, especially at Covenant, I heard this on a couple different um, different professors say, um, you are not the end of your education. Yeah, and so it's cool to see like that actually be true in different yeah. moments, um, things like this. So, uh, New Testament letter of Jude, you yep. wrote a paper on it, and uh, yeah. So, what do you got for us today? Well, we're gonna um, what I'm not, what we're not getting to in our sermons is really focusing on verses three through sixteen mm-hmm. in, in the letter that uh, deal mostly with Jude's concern for writing, his warning against the false teachers. Um, <clears throat> we're focusing on the end because he, he gives some very clear, uh, very affirming, very uh, directional mm-hmm. um, instructions. Mm-hmm. Uh, he talks about how to keep yourself in the love of God. He talks about what to do with those who are kind of drawn away by false teaching a little bit, how to 
be merciful and um, to rescue and to still keep separate. And then where we started yesterday um, and where uh, Jude ends is the idea that ultimately it's Jesus who keeps us. Mm -hmm. So any act of faithfulness is, um, it's like this perpetuation of his faithfulness. Mm. And any act of uh, moving away from Christ's faithfulness results in lesser things. Hmm. Um, and it, so all of that leads me to, I, you've got a great definition for good news. Gosp hmm. Gospel means good news. Mm -hmm. uh, in your words, how would you describe what is the good news of Jesus? Yeah, no, thank you for yeah teeing that up. That's actually um, my starting question for class tomorrow night. Sweet. Um, this question of, you know, so often, what is it that... Um, Monty Python, right? On the whole, you know, Holy Grail. Um, I don't think that you know what that word, you know, or that word doesn't mean what you think that it means. Oh, that's a Princess Bride. Oh, Princess Bride, duh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right? I, and <laughs> you and, keep using that word. Yes, you keep using that word. And we do that with gospel, right? <laughs> yeah, we do. That's one of those words um, that we just, we use it all the time. If you look at the Christianity, if you look at the church, yeah. like, oh, we have a gospel centered youth ministry, gospel centered preaching, gospel centered, and, yeah. and yet, I will ask people, hey, what do you when you say the word gospel, what what is that like what does that mean? And yep. and often I get all of these different definitions of well the gospel is the Bible. The gospel's uh the first four books of the New Testament. Uh the gospel is that God loves me. I mean, there's just all these different definitions. Yep. And all of those things I would say are versions are they're they're true, right? Things, but they're not yep. like the yeah. The thing. And so, um, at least where I'm at right now, right, gospel, euangelion, you see that in the New Testament. It's one of those words that Paul uh, took. He hijacked it. He gave it new meaning because it had a meaning, a very particular meaning in that culture. Um, you know, when, when Rome would be successful in battle, they would send these heralds all over mm. the, the, the empire um, proclaiming that good news, um, gospel. And so, Paul took this, this thing and he's like, hey, let's Let's hijack it. Let's give it new meaning. Let's give yep. it new definition. And so the gospel, right, is a speech act. It's a proclamation of victory. It's a proclamation that Jesus is king, and that is the good news. And so yep. it's good news for the cosmos. It's good news for the world. It's good news for those for whom it's good news. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing with good news. Uh, there's always a subjective nature to good news. And so uh, when we talk about the gospel, it, it, I mean, it's, it's that. It's the good news is that God is active, that God is doing something in the world, that he is working to redeem all things. And this moment in history uh, the, that Jesus went to the cross and then was resurrected from the grave, like that is the good news by which we proclaim um, to the world. So. What is the gospel? The gospel is the proclamation of the good news that Jesus is king and he reigns. Yeah, yeah. And I think we see um, Jude demonstrate a, an awareness of I, – I really like how you talk about that, the, the proclamation of victory, the, mm -hmm. the, the message to be sent out that um, <clears throat> something remarkable uh, needs to be known. And so Jude starts, um, uh, interestingly, Jude, uh, half-brother of Jesus, uh, uh -huh. he introduces himself as a servant of Jesus and a brother of James, which um, I think, you know, based on he, he's writing, I think, as a leader in the church mm -hmm. to a degree, it, it makes sense, yep. right? 
But like, wouldn't you just say this is Jude, Jesus' brother? So James is a he has a very prominent role. Yeah. In yeah. early Christianity, he leads the church in Jerusalem. Um, he is known. Yes. Right? And so I do think that Jude is playing a little bit on the authority of his brother there. Yeah. Uh, James, but it's an interesting question but, that. In, but why not? Well, his so, other brother. <laughs> so James does the same thing. That's right. In yeah. his letter, he yeah. doesn't say. It's yeah. like why. Why would he not like? Wouldn't that be the greatest source of authority? And I don't know. I, I don't know. There's probably things that, that are going on that we're just not aware of. Um, yeah. You know, in that in that space. But I I also think it 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 means it, it talks a little bit about um, identity, right? Your if your identity's in the group, and Jesus is no longer part of the group, like you're forming your identity and your authority and credibility based on somebody who very much is known um, and is associated with the group. Um, but also like they weren't walking with Jesus. Yeah, that's right. Right? They became believers, as far as we know, after, after. the resurrection and ascension. Yeah. So so maybe a, a claim on a, the authority of a familial yep. relation, like, well, yeah, well, when you guys were brothers, you didn't even... Well... I don't know. I think that's true. I, I do think they... I actually would say it looks like the the authority is flipped because when they say a servant of Jesus, mm-hmm. that's pretty consistent. Paul yeah. Paul introduces himself in similar phrasing, and so um, <clears throat> I th- I wonder if there's some social equity by being the brother of James, but in terms of the authority to speak into yeah. the experience yeah. of good news, that's on Jesus, and so. But we're never authorities on Jesus, like on par with him. We're always mm-hmm. in service mm-hmm. to him, and so I, I think um, I think that's how I would parse that out mm. a little bit. Mm. So he leans in to those who mm. are called beloved uh, in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. May mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Which, which this word "kept," right? It shows up in the first verse. That's right. And it also shows up in the doxology at the end. To him who is able to keep us. Yeah, yeah. like it bookends. It's beautiful. Yeah, and and that's that's one of his very clear instructions: keep yourselves mm-hmm. in the love of God. He, um, yeah, that's that's key. Mm-hmm. That's that's a big idea. Um, Although I was eager to write you, beloved, about our common salvation, so I think that's where the the good news uh, first shows up, I mm-hmm. found it necessary to write, appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. So to get into the text that deals with the false teachers, mm-hmm. my, my question becomes, what's the difference between good news and fake news? Oh. <laughs> and I, I, this isn't a political talk uh, or a uh, no, but, <laughs> discussion on media. But I do think we have become so aware of how much comes into our um, our, our screens, mm-hmm. into our ears, mm-hmm. that has been shaped by somebody trying to not really even bother with what's the best news. They're trying to get their point across. They're yeah. trying to validate themselves. They're trying to garner a following. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with no conversation, you know, leaning into the, the yeah, political, political sphere, the the idea of fake news actually resonates with me because what Jude's about to say is there's people among you, um, among his friends, mm-hmm that are close enough to know the good news, but what they're actually doing is propagating fake news. Yeah. What they're advocating for, what they're choosing to do with their lives and their energy um, and their time and their resources is the opposite mm. of Jesus is king. It actually looks more like the the same before Jesus never came, but they're, um, I would imagine they're borrowing the social sphere 
mm-hmm. of their church community, um, basically to manipulate. To um, there's a lot of talk about sensuality and sexuality, and um, to uh, do the things that the good, the people of the good news. Um, uh, choose not to mm-hmm. because they live a certain ethic. Mm-hmm. Um, Bible Project has a really interesting sketch of Jude. Mm-hmm. And one of the points they make uh, that I think we need to capture today is that the good news of Jesus leads to a kind of people who live according to the good news. Mm-hmm. And Jude's biggest concern here isn't that they're teaching something that may not be like the words on the page are definitionally true or untrue. They're living something that's mm. definitionally untrue. Mm-hmm. They're living something that doesn't happen if the good news of Jesus is actually real. Yeah, and and so that's Jude's concern is to say, no, no, the common salvation we share it has a particular effect on us. Um, <clears throat> this isn't about mistakes and slip ups. This is about intentional uh, decision making uh, choices in life for people close uh, mm-hmm. close enough to know the good news. Yeah, it's interesting in this. Um, you know, it's, it's such a short letter. And the people to whom Jude was writing uh, were familiar with these false teachers, yeah. right? They have relationships with, there's a social connection. Yeah. Uh, so we're left to kind of try to fill in the gaps, uh, if you will. Uh, your original question on the difference between good news and fake news is 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 a fascinating one um, because so often we're one willing to trade the good news for the fake news and we feel that the fake news is good for us yeah right like and so that's that comes back to the subjective nature of what good news is is yeah. like we can say that you know objectively speaking uh, Jesus being the hope of, of the world um, that is good news but it's it's not gonna feel good for a lot of people yeah. And fake news feels good, right? If you're in the camp for which you have something to gain for it being fake. And so I I, I don't know, I do want to like yeah. put both of those there that's so like it's it's subtle mm. because um at 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 worst, right? These false teachers are um manipulating and um they are in it for themselves and in it for what they want to experience, in it for their following, right? And I think that's at worst how fake news is handled. At best, they are misinformed, they're trying to do good, and they're just off, Yeah. right? And yet the damage that is is done from that is, you know, can be catastrophic. And so I think that's the the subtleties in which we're, we're living and not having, you know, done a whole lot of study on this. I don't, I don't know, you know, I don't know the heart. I don't know the hearts of these teachers. Well, and that's why I love Jude, because Jude accounts for that second uh, Mm -hmm. sense. He actually, and this is what we're looking at this coming weekend, Mm -hmm. is um, in verses 22 and 23, he talks about having mercy on those who doubt, save others by snatching them from the fire to others, show mercy with fear. Mm. And I, one of the things that I think is subtle but true of this letter is that Jude writes to the beloved... He writes about false teachers, and then he has a, a, a middle class of the others, the people who are caught between mm-hmm. faithfulness and false and, and mm-hmm. false teaching. Mm-hmm. And he has compassion for them. Mm. He doesn't. He recognizes, like when you're in a relationship with others, their actions, opinions, words, mm-hmm. thoughts, mm-hmm. decisions, they pull on us. Mm-hmm. 
And so he sees that, that what's at stake here is that, yes, some are in error, but that's having an effect on others. Mm-hmm. And so the, the goal for the faithful is to remain faithful themselves and to help the others find their footing again, to help them reestablish the priority of good mm-hmm. news in their life. I, I think and I suspect that in the, in the mind of the writer, in doing that, it brings into focus the false teacher's love of everything that's not the good news. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but it, it puts them in a position where even they could say, wow, I'm wrong. <laughs> I need to repent. This is important to me. Um, I, I just remember when I was young and the idea of heresy was brought up. Mm. And I... I <laughs> This, this has happened so much around me, I have a hard time distinguishing if it's my experience or yeah. others. But the idea that if I know enough about Christianity, that I could point to all the bad, wrong people, that mm. get, becomes a motivation that I don't see present in the letter to Jude. Mm. He's able to describe by action the character of the false teachers, mm-hmm. but in no place does he do much more than say identify them Mm -hmm. and don't be them. Mm -hmm. Follow the good news, commit yourself to the love of God, be merciful to others and trust Jesus most. Yeah. That's huge. So false teaching pops up in a lot of different places uh, in scripture. Well, well, and heresy is an interesting thing. Like I think um, labels are helpful, but when labels, you know, um, over time they grow, they're used in ways that are not helpful. Yeah. So like uh, throughout the New Testament, right, when you throw the word her- heresy here or there, like that's loaded for emotion with us. It's like, oh, you're you're making a value statement about that person, not just in what they think, but in who they are. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's used in the same way that, here we go political again, that like liberals or... Oh, conservatives that's right. are that's used, right. right? Like at at, its, at their at their best sense, they're they're actually really helpful handles, and yet they just get used and abused in ways that even when we think about heresy, like the new the new the first century world as they're trying to figure out Christianity, it was really important to identify what yeah. was Christian and what wasn't Christian, right? And what was the what was the definition? Well, mm-hmm. it, it really consistently was good news. Mm-hmm. We, I think, in inheriting the traditions, I, I do think we have a tendency to want to do good news, and all the subpoints that we've understood following that. Yeah. But you'll see through the centuries, anytime um, fake news about Jesus popped up, it got talked about. So mm-hmm. the idea, like. Pelagius, the idea that mm-hmm. Jesus was a you know going to inspire us out of our sin. Mm-hmm. Well, they talked about that, and at the time, it was just a relevant conversation. It wasn't let's figure out who the heretic is. It was let's figure out what the good news remains and continues yeah. to be. Or even one of the biggest, right? Like the role of you know, the person of Jesus was he? That's right. Well, I mean, Colossians talks about him being firstborn of all creation. Like if you take that to its natural conclusion, well, if you're firstborn, then you weren't pre-exist. Like now you're creating this hierarchy there. And so, yeah, they talked about it and they figured right. it out and they had councils and that's where we get all the creeds from. Which makes me wonder, like, we have all of the things and we studied these, like mm-hmm. in Bible college, seminary, in um, a good church is going to be aware of all of, you yeah. know, the the creedal definitions. But what are the questions in our day? Like, mm-hmm. where are the places where the good news is being um, not delivered clearly? Mm-hmm. Where where are the places that we are tempted to not 
like sit in the good news fully. Those are things that we really should be wrestling with and talking about. And I, I would point that out that um, any worthwhile explanation of the good news usually sits in deep wrestling and dialogue. Mm-hmm. And there's 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 questioning and there there's well and how we handle it. Yeah, it's right. not like a two sentence thing that like we have a statement of beliefs on our website, yep. which we should we should be forward about that. Yep. But like my hope in that is that it leads people to deeper questions that leads them to eventual affirmation of those statements, mm-hmm. but with a deep understanding because mm-hmm. they've wrestled with what is this good news of Jesus? How far does it run? I, I did want to p- point out, and I'm, I'm noticing time, um, a few things that Jude writes about the false teachers. Um, you know, he says, uh, verse 5, I want to remind you, although you once fully knew it, that Jesus, who saved a people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. Mm. Mm. He, Jude switches um, into some things that are very well known by his readers mm-hmm. in the Old Testament mm-hmm. and some extra canonical works. Um, he uses those. Yeah, you might read that verse and be like, wait, Jesus was in the old te- – wait, what? I thought Moses was there. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. There's a lot that he does that's familiar to his readers. Mm-hmm. Um, what he does, though, is he, he makes the point um, in those references that um, it, what we see in the Old Testament, what we see in the extra canonical writings that he, that he quotes here, is people who are close enough to the work of God mm-hmm. to be faithful to it mm-hmm. and yet chose to – Ignore it, mm-hmm. challenge it, fight against it, um, or try to use the opportunity of it for their own way or gain or immorality. Um, and so he points to those examples saying, listen, we know that when one encounters God, like uh, a humble response is, is best. Mm-hmm. Now, next time in our deep dive, I want to spend some time on those references yeah. and point to those, um, but we won't, we won't have time to do that today. Mm-hmm. So Jude's not the only one who mentions false teaching and not the only yeah. one who deals with it. Um, and I wanted to point to a few places. Uh, third, third John, uh, verses 9 through 10. Uh, John has a personal uh, interaction, a consistent interaction with somebody that he names mm-hmm. as pushing against the good news by both their actions and their words. Uh, second John has the same flavor. Mm-hmm. First John, uh, especially chapter two, talks about those who deny Christ being antichrists and those who leave the community of good news believers prove that they aren't part of the mm-hmm. community of good news believers. Mm. Um, all of this goes all the way back to Jesus, all the way back to Jesus standing uh, in, in the Sermon on the Mount saying, um, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but a diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and burned. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, didn't we prophesy in your name, cast out demons, and do mighty works? And I will declare to them, I didn't know you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Um, even for Jesus, the idea that he's bringing the good news of the kingdom should cause should should bring people into living as citizens of the kingdom. Mm. 
that there's there's not there's not a knowing of the gospel that doesn't affect the the living mm-hmm. uh, of life. Mm. And uh, you know, there's a tension there because um, again, none of us gets it perfect. But I do think it raises questions in our day, like what does it mean to be Christian? Mm-hmm. What does it mean to name Christ or the faith? Um, and and this is a dangerous line. I would say, you know, one place we can take this question is into the public square. Mm-hmm. There is credibility to be gained by naming oneself as a uh, Christian. Mm-hmm. Claiming evangelicalism is a hot topic in mm-hmm. political mm-hmm. conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, Was well, the Twitter sphere in general? Claiming Christian faith as a celebrity can get you a certain kind of of access, and I'm not saying claiming in a false sense. I'm saying truly saying, uh, "This is who I am," an identity statement. And yet, and yet, the question really ought to be: Is are they carrying the good news into the world? Because any change from the good news is is fake news. Yeah. But we can't just look across the fence because yeah. people who are in the public sphere are a little bit easy to throw stones at. What about us? Mm-hmm. You know, is, is um, I think a, a relevant question is, why do we go to church? Mm-hmm. Is it because we believe the good news is really true mm-hmm. and we're there to perpetuate it and celebrate it? and Or um, do we think there's something else that we gain? Is it a social experiment mm. experience that we crave or that we think is expected of us? Um, does it give us access to people that we want access to instead of, does it become about us, which is kind of a hallmark of false teaching is leveraging the good news for one's own benefit rather than carrying it forward into our own lives and into the world. So, yeah, well, I do think that that's, that's an interesting point there, Dan, um, that, as you're as you're talking, as you're as we're reading, like my first impulse is, okay, well, as a as somebody who who does some teaching, right, who believes certain things about, like, we all want that the 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 brand or the um, the version of the good news that we believe to be the good news, and that anything else outside of that is, well, they're the false teacher. But like, I think I mean scripture really. I mean, for teachers, says like, "Hey, we have to watch ourselves. We have to watch our doctrine." That's why Paul, when he's talking to First you know, in, in First Timothy, he's saying, "Hey, watch your doctrine closely." Doesn't he say, "Watch your doctrine and your lives"? Uh huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Both, both of them. Um, because yeah. the, the two go go yeah. hand in hand. I think you know we only have a couple minutes left. Um, last night, right, was the Oscars, and you had the situation where um, Chris Rock, who was one of the presenters, makes a joke about are involving Will Smith's wife, mm. and he takes some offense to that. He actually walks up on stage and smacks Chris Rock on national television and walks off and then yells some stuff at him. And um, Anyway, the whole, we, we could spend an hour just on that alone. Uh, it was kind of, you're sitting there, it's like, whoa, this is wild. But in his acceptance speech, because later at the night, Will Smith, was, you know, he won the the Best Actor Award, which is one of the last, like, three awards. That, and that's, that's the one, right? And he is uh, essentially defending his actions a little bit, saying that he is mm. a calling from God to protect his family, mm. and he is going to be um, incred- incredibly vigilant in doing that. Mm. And so all over social media today, you're seeing different people take hot takes on on that, like, yeah, he did it. Yes, that's right. And then others are like, he had no business doing that. Mm. And the, the space is probably, okay, in, the, in between somewhere. And um, But even in that, it's like, okay, well, I don't know you. 
So I don't know when you say that you have a calling from God mm. to do that. Like I would say I have a calling from God to protect my family. Mm. Now I don't know if that calling from God would require me to stand up on national television and go and, and smack somebody. Um, but I do think it is, it's not irrelevant that the way we live and the good news by which that, which we proclaim, um, they go together. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, hey, we only have a couple uh, seconds until this thing's going to kick us off. So, uh, Dan, I'm excited for the next couple weeks of conversation as we continue in our study of uh, the New Testament letter of Jude. All the resources you can find on our website, calvary.church slash jude1 or calvary.church slash resources. We look forward to uh, connecting with you again next week. If you have any questions, make sure email podcast at calvary.church. We will answer those in future episodes. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to The Deep Dive, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.